forever. Dog. Hi, Adventure Kateers. It's me, Ben Blacker. And me, Ben Acker. The Thrilling Adventure Hour is returning with brand new episodes starting Monday, October 29th, available on all the podcast apps, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. What do you use for your podcast? Uh, whatever's on my phone. Please subscribe to our Patreon page right now so that we can pay for everything and give you great stuff in return. You won't be paying for this episode. This is free. Gratis. It's patreon.com slash thrilling adventure hour. So we hope you enjoy these new episodes. I'm confident you will. Then I'm confident that they will. You will. You guys will. This is Ben Acker. And Ben Blacker. See you. (laughs) Inhale. Not if I see you first. And now, coming to you from Hollywood, Los Angeles, California, America, it's the nation's favorite new-time podcast in the style of old-time radio, The Thrilling Adventure Hour. America's favorite tobacco concern, Patriot Brand Cigarettes, is proud to present The Tinsel Town of Yesteryear in a dramatization of the recently discovered memoirs of Ben Chapman, the man who wore the mask of the creature from the Black Lagoon. Chapman's adventures as a Hollywood nearly was are as strange and true as anything seen on the silver screen. Please puff a Patriot brand cigarette and enjoy Tales from the Black Lagoon. Of all the things I learned in Hollywood, the most valuable by far is that truth is stranger than fiction. In fiction, I was a horrific gill man who terrorized a shrieking blonde and then faded into the Black Lagoon. In truth, I was just another glorified extra who shot in the spotlight put him on a path to perdition. After that film, I went back to playing heavies and crooks, none with any lines to speak of. The creature had a similar fate, locked in a trunk in my apartment, buried in the back of my closet. I may have brought him to life, but he never returned the favor. Ben Chapman would never be the name above the title. My best pal on the Universal International lot in 1955 was a guy called Jay Silverheels. He was the only working Indian around whose character wasn't just called Indian. Jay played Tonto on ABC's Lone Ranger show. Chapman. Oh, hey, Jay, what do you say? having a party. You are my brother. Do you want to come? Will Trigger be there? I retract the invitation. Oh, come on, man. I'm just kidding around. Trigger was Roy Rogers' horse. The Lone Ranger rides silver. Well, then, yee-haw. You mean hi-o, said Jay. The Lone Ranger, Clayton Moore, had a big old ranch house up in the Hollywood Hills. Now, he was only a television star, but the rumor was that he was going to be in the movies any day, so his party drew a crowd. Jay and I dangled our feet in the pool out back. So did a couple of dames. One was a daffy brunette with big brown eyes for Jay. Oh, Tonto! (laughs) The other was Angela Lansbury. Hello, handsome. Not too many years after I met her, Angela Lansbury slept with Elvis. 
She also played little bed knobs and broomsticks with Roddy McDowell, and I hear did more than her share of manipulation with both Frank Sinatra and Lawrence Harvey on the set of The Manchurian Candidate. But that night, she gave me a lift, back to my Los Feliz hovel where she invited herself in for a drink. Even when she was stalking around my one-bedroom lean-to like a jaguar looking for prey, Angela Lansbury still had the class of a star, even when she let a dress link to the floor like a shed skin, even when she tried to swallow my tongue. We were going pretty hot and heavy on my ratty brown couch. My clothes soon joined hers on the floor. Pretzeled around me, Angela Lansbury hissed in my ear, Put on the costume, lover. Hold the darn phone. I'm sorry, I said. The costume. Go and put it on. I want to meet the creature. You want me to... Put on the costume from the Black Lagoon. What's the matter? Not man enough? Not drunk enough. Fact is, we were both pretty well lit by that time. And what Angela Lansbury suggested wasn't too far afield from the games other girls like to play. You know, doctor or traveling salesman or like that. I once made it with a girl who gave me a cigar and wanted me to be Milton Rackmill, the head of Universal International Pictures. And I was glad to be any of those. Anyone but the creature. This is what went through my mind until Angela Lansbury's fingers snuck past the elastic of my briefs. Just the mask, then? She had me in the palm of her hand. I put on the mask. Again, the creature had stolen my name from above the title. That night, though, Angela Lansbury made it so I didn't mind so much. Twice. But the next morning, the mask was gone, and so was the girl. Well, my first thought was good riddance to them both. I hoped they'd be very happy together. In the time it took to fry an egg, though, everything changed. I cracked the shell over the pan, and the phone rang. Chapman, it's Jay. It was Jay. Chapman, there is trouble. What's wrong, Kimosabe? It's Diane. Who? The brunette from last night. She's dead, Chapman. She's been murdered. And she's wearing your mask. In a situation like this, the thing that makes you look the guiltiest is to run. So I didn't. Not until I finished my breakfast. That's when I heard the sirens coming, and that's when I ran like the devil. If I was to clear my name, I'd need to find out about that dead girl. I went back to the Lone Ranger's house in the Hollywood Hills. There were still a few scattered cars in the driveway, but it looked like most of the guests had gone. I knocked on the door and Clayton Moore himself answered it in full Lone Ranger get-up. Hey, how are you? How are you and who are you? Never mind that, I'll tell you who you are. You're Silver, see? What happened was, I had just put on my mask and my hat, and I called for my horse. Silver, I called. Silver's my horse. And just as I called for Silver, like two seconds after, not even, not even two seconds, maybe it was two seconds after, the doorbell rang, and it was you. Silver, ding-dong, boom, you, Silver, from my show. He talked fast. 
So, let me ride you into the house. What do you say? Everyone will really get a kick out of it, especially Lily. And there's nothing I like more than girls with flowers for names. So, come on, Silver. Are you Silver or what? I vote yes. I started to ask about Jay's brunette. I got as far as, Sir, I... When Clayton Moore leapt onto my back, dug his heels in my sides and yelled, Hi-yo, Silver! And we went inside. From the look of his guests, the party had gotten wilder after I left. Now, I'd heard about the behavior at some of these Hollywood parties. Everybody knew about Fatty Arbuckle back in the 20s, of course, but the sins and felonies of a lot of stars got lost to history and publicists. Or like the time Jimmy Stewart was caught buying opium from those 12-year-old twins. Or how Danny Kaye got those burn scars on his buttocks. Perfect circles. Or how Lucille Ball's wedding band wound up in Liz Taylor's... possession. I recognized one famous face among the stragglers. We're gonna do this or we ain't, Ranger. If in you're a man, then we're gonna do this thing. John Wayne wasn't wearing anything but a kimono, boots, and spurs. Silver, meet John Wayne, Hollywood's biggest cashmere Mary since Douglas Fairbanks buckled swash and fuzzy, custom-tailored underthings. Hey, now help us settle a bet. A bet, I asked, but it was... Hi-ho again! And we were out the back door and back by the pool. Get off him, Clayton. Now, Silver, hold this. He gave me a pair of apples. Well, hold them up where we can see them, hombre. John Wayne instructed. Now we're gonna see who's the real cowboy. A crowd gathered, hung over would-bees, has-beens, and never-wases, and egged them on. Uh, Mr. Moore, Mr. Wayne, there was a girl here last night, I said. Her name was Diane. And Clayton Moore drew his Colt pistol and said, All right, what you do is you go 20 paces, 20, till you're just about at the stone wall at my property line. He heard me, but he ignored me, made me angry. The creature would have gone over and shook him till he told me what I wanted to hear. But the creature would have killed that girl, too. So as soon as it bubbled up inside me, I pushed it under. I took my two apples to the perimeter. John Wayne shouted, Now hold up them apples. Hold them up, Silver. Wayne and me are going to shoot him like that guy from that overture they play about me. Hey! 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 Hold up them apples! Not till you answer my question. What question? You don't have any questions. Couldn't be easier. You hold them up, we shoot them. It's so easy. Hold them up. No. Come on, Silver. Silv. Hold up them apples. Not until you tell me about Diane. Fine, 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 fine. What do you want to know? Diane who? I don't know. Just she was here last night. A, a brunette. She was daffy. What? Oh, Diane Cheney. Gotta be. She's Daffy, all right. Yeah, it's gotta be her. Gotta be. She's the Wolfman's daughter. The Wolfman? Lon Cheney? Diane Cheney? You want a map? Because I ain't a cartographer. Now let's do this thing. Fine. I held up the apples and a quiet fell over the spectators as both men lined up their shots. Someone yelled... Two bits on the movie star. Then the Lone Ranger and John Wayne started shooting. Fortunately, they were both lousy shots. 
I don't know if the shooting attracted the cops or if they were after me, but those sirens were all the spur I needed. I took off fast enough to give the real Silver a run for his money. I booked it west to discover what I could about the Wolfman and his daughter. It took half the day to be sure I'd shook the police and the other half to find the Wolfman's house. It was so dark that even with the full moon overhead, I didn't see the two men standing outside the gate. What are you doing sneaking up? Boris, what is he doing? Do not sneak up, young man. Oh, Mr. Lugosi, Mr. Karloff, I said. I need to see Mr. Cheney. Start with hello and build to your name, said Mr. Karloff. Yes, uh, of course. Hello. I'm Ben Chapman, I said. And of course, Mr. Lugosi responded. Who? I'm the creature from the Black Lagoon. Lonnie will invite simply any monster these days, won't he? Oh, you're not just any monster, Boo-Boo. Nor are you, Bella. Nor are you. The famous feud between these two actors was as much a fantasy as their cinematic alter egos. I followed them inside. A poker table was set up in what would be the main dining room if all the furniture wasn't shredded and destroyed. Oh, dear. Lonnie must have had one of his episodes. Behave, Boo-Boo. Yes, Master. Where's Claude? I saw his car outside. Claude Rains? Yes, of course. One simply cannot have a poker game without Claude. Well, that was exciting. Claude Rains was the Invisible Man, my favorite of all the monsters. I guess it's because I could relate. I'm sure he's around somewhere. There's his spinach dip. Ooh, here's Lonnie. Lon Chaney Jr. was never the star his father was. He peaked in 41, and even 60 movies later, his greatest role was lycanthropic. In recent years, Lon Chaney Jr. went a little crazy. He was snarling something fierce. Bella Lugosi bopped him on the nose with a rolled-up magazine. Are you trying to tell us something, Lonnie? The wine? It's trapped in the bottle? Not for long. Go and fetch a corkscrew, won't you? Wine, Bella, courtesy of Lou Costello, so it should be passable. I don't drink. Vine. Peach snops? Please, it tastes like candy. You taste like candy. Please, I told them. I really need to talk to Mr. Cheney about his daughter. I need to know who she was. Was? The word hung in the air. I only meant to ask questions, not tell a man his daughter was dead. But I couldn't detect if Mr. Cheney understood what the others seemed to. Lon Chaney Jr. howled at the full moon outside. Whether out of sadness or madness, I couldn't tell. You should go. Should never have come. 
They were right. I left. I hadn't found out a thing about Diane Cheney, and it looked like I never would. Who was she? Did she have enemies? Why was I framed for her murder? My thoughts were interrupted by the sound of footsteps behind me. But when I turned around, no one was there. Hello, I said. A voice from out of the darkness answered. You're on the wrong path. Diane's dead. She can't help you now. Mr. Rains? Live girls are the kind with answers. Go and chase one of those. He was right. Why, it was Angela Lansbury who put me on this path. Or she'd tell me why come hella hayride. Mr. Rains, I said? Yes. This could be the beginning of a beautiful... Oh, spare me. I went to find Angela Lansbury. She was a contract player for Universal then, just like me and like lots of folks. We were interchangeable to Milton Rackmill, the head of Universal International Pictures. Well, maybe he needed a blonde for a picture, so he got Angela. Or he needs someone to play the bit part of a killer or a monster, so casting called me. Or when he needed a faithful Indian companion, they got Jay. Chapman, what are you doing here? As my ancestors said to yours, you shouldn't be here. I gotta see a girl about a murder, I said. The only reason I am not under arrest now is because I answered all of the policemen's questions. Willingly. You must do the same. Running is the act of a guilty man. You are not a guilty man, are you? Of course not. Of course not. You must turn yourself in. Clear your name. Yeah, I will. Promise me, Chapman. Promise me you will make this easy. I promise, Kimosabe, I said. Jay offered to drive me to the station, but I told him there was something I had to take care of first. You are not still going to see a girl about a murder, are you? Of course not, I told him. I'm not that big a sap. Accounting as a residual check, I might need to feed a lawyer. But I was lying. I'm a sap of just that size. As soon as Jay was out of sight, I headed around the corner to where Angela Lansbury was fulfilling contractual obligations with a picture called the Purple Mask. I'd kill for contractual obligations that didn't involve wearing the creature costume to the grand opening of some Malibu Beach fish fry. I found Angela Lansbury's dressing room door. It was there that I encountered someone I'd have been pleased to meet under other circumstances. Mr. Marks, I said, I need to see Miss Lansbury. Harpo leaned against a door. He examined his fingernails in an exaggerated fashion, but I know he heard me. <laughs> That's very funny, Mr. Marks, but I have to see her immediately. It's a matter of life and death. He put up his fists and started dancing around real playful. Well, I pushed past him and I opened the door. Well, then I felt his hands on my shoulders, strong as vices. If he wanted to toss me out of that room, he could have. But before he got the chance, Angela Lansbury said, That will be all, Harpo. Angela Lansbury was wearing just a bra and a towel and smoking a cigarette. 
I'd seen her in less, but right then I wish she was wearing more. I said, I gotta talk to you, Miss Lansbury, to which she responded. So talk, or better yet, don't. I'm sure we could come up with something better to do than that. Miss Lansbury, please, who killed Diane Cheney? Angela Lansbury angled a smile at me. You did. Read the paper. She had the late edition on her makeup table. My face was on the front page under the headline, Creature a Killer. Of course, it was the creature in the headline, but it would be me in the electric chair. I mean it, Miss Lansbury. You tell me what you know or so help me. Oh, do get rough. She turned back around and I wondered which was more dangerous. Her smile or the gun she held at me. Get comfortable, lover. She said. But I'd had it. The creature inside me swam up to the surface. I leapt at her and I swatted that pistol from her grip. I'm not your lover, I yelled, and I pushed her up against the dressing room wall. Are you sure? Because it feels as if you're on the fence. I bounced her off the wall and she stopped smiling. Tell me who killed Diane, I said. And then she started to sob. Big actress tears. You won't like the answer, she said. Well, then everything turned upside down. I hadn't heard him come in, but Harpo Marx peeled me off of Angela Lansbury, flipped me over, and put his foot on my neck like he was stamping out a cigarette. I looked up at him, smiling his dumb smile. He winked at me, stepped a little harder, and then the world went black. Angela wrapped herself around him, her thumbs hooked in his belt, and I felt his foot lift a little. She said, Ease off, Harpo. I'll give him worse than even you could. She knelt down and looked me in the eyes. Your friend set you up. Tonto. He killed that girl. It was the first thing she said to me that didn't sound like a lie. It couldn't be true. Jay couldn't hurt anyone. He wouldn't frame me. Jay could clear all of this up and everything would go back to normal. I walked back onto the Lone Ranger set, but before I could find Jay, I ran into Clayton Moore, the Lone Ranger. Well, well, look who shows up for my last day of work. It's Silver. Hi-ho, Silver. <laughs> you want a sugar cube, boy? Because you, you were my horse that time, remember? <laughs> good horsey, good horsey. I told Clayton Moore, I'm looking for my friend, Jay Silverheels. You mean Tonto? Oh, he's a real peach, Tonto. You know he sacked Diane Cheney? This is before she died, of course. <laughs> they met at my party, so as host, I kind of get credit for the sack. It was a great party, Silver. You should have been there. I was. You'd have had a fantastic time. <laughs> Doris dated her trout trick. <laughs> Best day of that trout's life. I need to find Tonto, please, I said. He wandered away and started talking to a light stand. Hi-ho, light stand. It was great working with you. Sincerely, they're going to put me in pictures, light stand. Not manby-pamby-lamby cowboy pictures, neither. No, Al Hitchcock called me. Al Hitchcock! Hi-ho that, you know? <laughs> Perhaps we'll work together again, my faithful incandescent companion. He waited for an answer, and when he didn't get one, he leapt up onto my back. Let's ride round the set, Silver. It's just the thing for my last day. Make Daisy laugh. Daisy's the script girl, Silver. 
Never sacked me a script girl. Never sacked me a daisy, neither. Well, that'll be two off my list. <laughs> Chapman. Hey, look, Silver, it's Tonto. Hey, Tont. Someone was looking for you. Anyway, hi-yo, horsey. Moore kicked his heels into my sides, but this time I wouldn't hi-yo. Not for him. Not for anyone. I bucked him off and he landed hard. Hey. Hey. Silver, you crack up. You're a riot. I'm calling security. He scrambled away. Jay was duded up in his Tonto outfit and he was carrying a tomahawk. The way Jay angled it at me, I wondered whether it was just a prop. Chapman, you have to go to the police. Tell me you didn't do it, Jay, I said. Tell me you didn't hurt that girl. Keep your voice down, Chapman. Oh, what, you'll scout me, I asked? Never. We are brothers, Chapman. Then say you didn't do it. Say the words, Jay, I begged. He turned the tomahawk in his hands like he was embarrassed. Moore is ending the show. That means I'm back where I started. Me hunt em buffalo. For scale. I've worked too hard to go back to that. So we did do it. It felt like we were underwater. Everything was cold and floating. Everything I have done, I have done for us. That makes no sense, Jay. I'm a fugitive. I am playing my part. You have gone off of the script. Whose script? Who's directing? Did someone put you up to this? Who is running us around, Jay? I pleaded. But Clayton Moore ran back onto the set. And he had company. Hi-yo. There he is, boys. Bad, Silver. Bad. Get him, boys. <laughs> Get him. Who was it, Jay? I yelled as they tackled me. Security guards and policemen looking every bit like central casting sent them over. But the handcuffs they clapped on me were no props. My cold black cell was no set. I was in jail for murder. For real. And there was no way to clear my name. No hope left. I barely slept that night in my cold, wet cell. I swerved in and out of consciousness like a movie alcoholic staggering past bars trying to resist a drink. My dreams that night weren't dispelled by waking, unless Alfred Hitchcock actually watched my uneasy rest. When morning broke, a brick wall of a man who called himself my lawyer bailed me out and brought me back to the Universal International lot. A slab pushed me up a rear staircase, a gun in my back. I was too tired for that. Couldn't hold back the creature if I wanted to. I kicked my lawyer down the stairs. He didn't land well, but it could have been worse. I took his gun, then I hurried up the way I was headed. Oh, I'd go, but on my terms. The door at the top of the stairs led to an office that took up the entire floor. The man at the desk smiled when he saw me. I couldn't remember the last time someone was glad to see me. Here he is. There's my pal. I see you've got uh, Hernan's gun, but I don't see Hernan. Ain't that something? Hey, you know who I am? You're Milton Rackmill. You're the head of Universal International Pictures. Yeah, you got that right. And nobody but nobody points a piece at Milton Rackmill. Well, I guess I'm nobody then. Uh, not for much longer, Chapman. You're a hero! 
You're our latest star, or you will be. I will, I said. I'm a little confused, I said. Ah, I guess you would be. Well, listen, the frame-up was my idea, me and a pair of Jew writers. What? Jew writers. Now, listen, relax, Chapman, all right? Now, that part's over now. We're going to clear your name. You're going to be our next big star. Isn't that what you want? I don't understand, I said. Okay, okay. It's like this. TV is a big, bad wolf breathing down all of our necks. Now, we've had some success with Jackie Gleason and Life O'Reilly, but that won't last. The guy drinks like a fish, no offense. What's TV got to do with me, I ask? Well, everything. America's lost interest in the movies, Chapman. We're dead in the water. Again, no offense, unless we do something new. Now, let me ask you this, my pal. What has Universal always done better than any other studio? Oh, I knew that one. Monsters, I answered. Exactly. Now, we've got property recognition, but these days you need something else to really grab folks. Now, you remember that story about Errol Flynn a few years back, how he was caught in Fulgrante Statutorio? Now, you think anyone would have seen that piece of garbage Captain Fabian if Flynn had been discreet? Well, I thought the adventures of Captain Fabian was a fine picture, I said. It was garbage, all right? Flynn's all done. It's what's in his pants that keeps him a star. Now, Chapman, we've got your name out there. The front page is the best free publicity of all. And once we exonerate you completely, they'll have parades for you. And then they'll hunt down the real killer, and you'll be a hero, pal. And Jay? He'll go to jail? No, 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 no. We are hanging it on some mug from Central Casting. Don't worry about Silver Hills. He'll be uh, your own real-life uh, engine companion. Uh, don't you see? You'll write your own ticket to both of you. What, what's wrong? Don't you give a damn? All of a sudden, I realized, no. No, I don't give a damn. Oh, of course you do. Everybody wants to be a star. Guys like you, for a quarter, I can get 30. Dear Diary, all I want in this cold, cold world is to be a, a big, bright, shining star of the motion pictures. Oh, Jeez, golly, please, why, why can't it be me? Sound familiar, Chapman? It should. I got no doubt that's verbatim from your diary, give or take. People get off the bus from everywhere else and stay their whole lives champing at the bit for the shot you got. I'm giving you your break, pal. No, not like this, I told him. No? No? Your line, Chapman is thank you, Mr. Rackmill. God bless you, Mr. Rackmill, he shouted. But I'd already started for the door. Hey, hey, where are you going, Chapman? You think you can just walk out of here? Your name ain't cleared yet, Chapman. You can stay the gill man, stay a murderer if you leave. I realized there were worse things than staying the gill man. Sure, he's a creature, but he's also a man. He was the star of the picture. But I was him, for better or worse. And I couldn't deny it any longer. You'll go to the chair for what I said you've done. Now get back in here and sit down, he bellowed, as I finally made my peace with the creature. You walk out of here, you're walking over my dead body. <laughs> Ow! Oh, my God! Ow! There are enough bodies, I said. You shot me! You murderer! Yeah, I shot him in the side. 
I'm not a monster. I'm not a hero either. I'll call you a medic, I said, and I walked out onto the universal lot. I wandered onto a set, and they were shooting another Ma and Pa Kettle picture, and I wound up in the deep background. It's my favorite picture of mine, though you can barely make me out even if you're looking. It's my last show. Now that's the way it goes in Hollywood. You can be a monster or a murderer, a cowboy or a starlet, but truth is always stranger than fiction. No matter who you are, when the final credits roll, everything fades to black. That was Tales from the Black Lagoon, starring Mark Gagliardi, John DiMaggio, Kirsten Bangsness, Janie Haddad, Mark Evan Jackson, Sam Levine, Kevin Pollock, Joel Spence, and Colin Hanks. Written by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker. Music by the Andy Paley Orchestra. Recorded and engineered by Evan Schletter and Charles Burns. Please tune in next time for more stories of Hollywood noir. Brought to you by Patriot Brand Cigarettes. Visit thrillingadventurehour.com for cast lists, tickets, and more information. 